0: I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over a hundred speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage. So you're gonna enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom.
1: Good evening, everybody. Uh, it's a, always a difficult session uh, after lunch, but I hope Dan Martel and James has warmed you up uh, to for the for this session. So I think you know, like when uh, Nathan Lattke asked me about uh, doing a doing a session on SaaS Open, like you know, you looked at multiple options like a growth hacks and a SaaS metrics and this and that, and there's enough content now on the on the market to learn all those things. So I thought you know what can I share from my personal experience like uh, uh, we've been in the business for over 10 years, so I learned quite a lot in terms of uh, 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 how to scale the, scale the business from zero to 10 million plus plus. and uh, I, I just thought I'll just share more of my experiences uh, building and uh, scaling scaling this business. So my name is uh, Saravana Kumar and I am a founder of a company called uh, called Kovey.co. So this is a a quick, uh, very high level recap of the the company. So the company was started back in uh, 2011. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I was doing consulting for 10 plus years, and I found a gap in the market. And I started as a solo uh, founder uh, and then slowly scaled it uh, to first from one employee to five employees to 20 employees, 50 and then now today we are about 250 plus uh, uh, people in the in the organization. So we are over 10 million dollars ARR, but that's slightly old number. So it's a uh, it's a 2020 21 number. So we are we are about that's a publicly uh, disclosed uh, d- disclosed data. So we are also a multi product company like. Uh, uh, that's a, I'm going to touch base on like a why we are a multi-product company and what made those decisions to go into a multi-product company, and uh, the the mission for us is you know, when you when people ask you like you're you're bootstrap what are you trying to achieve and uh, the objective for us is to, to build a hundred million dollar uh, run rate business by 2030 like uh, sooner sooner if, uh, if if possible. So just want to go one slide uh, forward so this is a kind of uh, the growth trajectory like uh, how we have grown uh, since uh, 2011 so it's it's not like a, like a hockey stick growth but it's a, its a organic uh, growth of uh, constant uh, uh, predictable growth over the last uh, t- last 10, 10 years so until 2019 it was like a steady steady growth and you know like that is when we we kind of uh, made a decision like you know what can we do to scale uh, bigger a lot of things changed since uh, 2019. Until 2019, we were only like a 50 people organization. Uh, you know, if you wanted to put uh, the number per headcount, uh, number uh, per employee, like, it would have been significantly higher when you compare 2019 data. But today we operate more like a VC funded uh, uh, business model. So we invest pretty much everything and then we are ramping up uh, everything towards, uh, towards growth. So let me go back. Okay. So today, you know, like, uh, Today, my talk is going to be like more on the personal level, like uh, like uh, as a CEO, like uh, being uh, grown up this company for ten years. Like, what are the things you have learned? And uh, you know, like I just bucketed it into three different items: things you know, like at a personal level, as an individual, what are, what are the things I do? And uh, of course, as a team, like my direct reports and how do I handle them? And what are the things I, I practice on a day-to-day basis? And at a company level, you know what are the things uh, things we do. So let me start with the uh, with a personal uh, uh, personal thing. I think one of the key things as you grow as a CEO is when you have like 250 50 people. Like one thing that becomes uh, super critical is how do you manage your uh, manage your time. So in, in my case, you know I'm just a, I try to keep it as simple as possible, and my calendar is pretty much uh, free. I keep everything uh, in like a one point one. If if, if this this is how my calendar looks, this is a typical week. My entire week is uh, the first one point five days. You know, like uh, uh, I got uh, the management meetings on the day one, and then uh, some items on the on the on on the on the day two, Tuesday, and after that, you know, like it's it's all about uh, uh, just ongoing activities, and you keep it try to try to keep it uh, uh, as free as uh, as possible. Uh, so so I think that the other important thing is, you know, like, uh, what I learned is everybody got an optimal time, right? I'm a typical, like, early morning person. Uh, so I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and then first three hours is a completely, you know, kind of, an, I brought it more like a non-negotiable. So I do only, like, a really high-performing uh, activities. Like, you don't, you don't check your emails, you don't check Slack or Teams or whatever you are using. That time is purely, you know, like uh, you do like uh, things what you wanted to accomplish on that day. So a lot of times, what happens is within the day, within that uh, three hours, by seven thirty in the morning, you know, uh, my day is pretty much over. Like you accomplished what you wanted to do on that day, because after that, once you reach the office around nine o'clock, you know, you really can't control too much on how your uh, your day progresses. So this is uh, something the habit I build up uh, right from the day one. Because the initial days, the, since it's a bootstrap company, and you know the initial days, I, I built the uh, built the product myself, and I was working for a uh, fidelity investment. Uh, some of you from U- U.S. They know, know the company. So my days, like in the morning, I build the product, I go to work, and that continued for a year, and that became more like a, like a habit. And the second, you know, you know, like I uh, enjoy your work. And don't try to do things you don't like. You know, this is kind of uh, counter counterintuitive, but, uh, you know, like, uh, when you are at the early stages or as, a, as a founder, like, you tend to imitate people, right? Like, you tend to, you see somebody who is super active on social media and you try to try to be that person. You know, you are, you know, like, uh, you, you see somebody uh, very good in, in speaking in conferences. But, you know, like, we need to understand, like, not everybody is same, right? You have, you have your strengths and you have your weaknesses. Uh, don't try to do things which you're not comfortable with for example you know i stopped tweeting like uh, 5 years ago i don't do i don't get into tw- twitter anymore like you know like because it's not my cup of tea and same you know talking in conferences not for everybody but if you see like somebody is doing and you try to do it you know the the, the problem is when you're trying to do something which is not your uh, regular where your uh, your core strength is it tend to take you know 5 to 10 times more of your energy and you might be losing more you'd rather you know like uh, uh, do things which you, you are uh, good at uh, uh, and the, the the third point is you know like actively working on things uh, you know you need to stop working on things on uh, uh, taking tasks uh, what i mean by that is you know like you you should your thing your thinking should always be if if, it's, if something comes along, it should be more of you know who who can I delegate to rather than how am I going to do it. So once you touch something, you know at that scale when you have like you know 200 plus people, uh, once you start doing things of your own, it's not the most efficient way you can uh, you can operate because uh, it's it won't stop just at that level. You know like uh, you do something and then the follow up comes and it goes on and on. It always think about how do, how can you delegate it and how can you, you know, like, uh, pass it on to people when you have, like, a lot of people uh, on board. And uh, the the final point is, you know, like, uh, I, you tend to do, like, you know, like, at, at scale, you tend to do, like, uh, quality is more important than quantity. If you can achieve, like, you know, like, a two or three really good items in a given week, that's a much more productive week than, you know, firefighting with a lot of things throughout the week. You there's a difference between being busy and being productive, right? You you want to be more productive rather than being busy. Like you know, if you keep you know engaging too much on your emails and too much on Teams, and at the end of the day, you will feel like and also meetings is another killer. You know, like uh, if you do a lot of things, at the end of the day, you feel you'll feel like you're uh, you're so too busy, but probably you don't have achieved uh, anything. So you'd rather focus more on you know like uh, 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 being productive and doing things which will yield you uh, the right things. Uh, when it comes to team, the next I'm going to move. The, whatever I've uh, explained so far is more on the personal level. And the next thing is more on the, uh, how do you manage the uh, teams. And the first very important thing I want to convey is, you know, like, uh, as a founder, there will always be difficult conversations, right? Uh, either your key resource is leaving or, you know, somebody is per- not performing well or the team, a specific team is not uh, performing at the, at the max. Uh, whenever this is a difficult situation comes in, it's better to you know like engage and try to solve the problem as soon as possible. But the normal tendency is you tend to not to you know not to talk about it. You know you won't give the the feedback what's required for the person to uh, perform at a higher level. That only you know hurts that person and also you know the problem won't magically go away. You know like it's going to come back and hurt you. It's better to to avoid it and the second thing when it comes to the team is, is, is like more you are you're more like a driving instructor or you can take any analogy where you are like a coach right your objective is to make that person as productive as possible and as soon as possible because the tendency otherwise is you know like you try to jump on and keep doing things again and again and eventually you know like uh, uh, you, you can't come out of that loop but rather you know like uh, you Invest your time. You you make sure, like you know, you can train that person. You can you can come out of it. And that's 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 the only way you can scale it over a long period of time. And don't build a flat structure because what typically happens is when you are in the early stages, like you know, 10 people, 20 people, etc. You try to build a, a flat flat structure, right? Everybody reports to you, and it's it's fine. But once you start scaling, when once you reach you know 25, 50, 100 people that is not going to help you like you know like uh, you will have uh, more reporting lines and you know like uh, you sometimes even struggle with uh, you got two people like uh, you need to promote one person which which you can't do it you keep keep promoting them all of them at the you know like at the same level and it's not going to go away so you try to you know like uh, uh, just to build a, don't build the flat structure and try to build the hierarchy as, as quickly as possible and also, you know, like, uh, the, in terms of direct reports, you need to don't try to keep it at, at a reasonable level, 6 to 7 is an ideal, ideal number. Anything above that, it's, it's not manageable because you need to invest your time on them. It's not just, uh, just uh, you know, like, uh, 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 so it requires a lot of investment to build a team. So, you know, you try to keep that uh, to, to a minimal level uh, as, as much as possible. So this is, you know, as a sample or chart, like you know, we try to do it at, at every level, so that you know, you you try to build up the hierarchy, you know, like uh, as soon as po- possible. And at the company level, you know, like some of the things I wanted to share at the company level. So why we are a multi-product company? Like uh, there are few 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 uh, reasons why we are a multi-product company. So we were a single product for like uh, five six years. And you know, like I'm coming from a more from a technical background. Like you know, one, you know, like uh, you know, I spent a lot of time building the co- initial team. I invested my time, and the, we had really got a hardcore team uh, uh, we built up in the five six years time. And being an engineer, you know, at some point, you know, they are going to get bored, right? Because only you so much you can do in a product after after some time. Otherwise, you'll be like you know, like all the core parts are over, and it's more like you know, like uh, you are building things, patching here and there, and you know, like uh, rewriting some stuff. So nothing exciting for the team. You know, that's one reason why we thought we'll go to multi-product because we assemble the team and then we start building new products because we know the strength of the team and they were able to uh, do it. And the second thing is you, know, like you also need to understand your strengths and weaknesses. Right? So we are predominantly the, the team is based out of uh, India. Uh, we have got a team in, uh, headquartered in U.K. We have about uh, ten people in, uh, in London. But the remaining 240, 250 people uh, are based out of uh, India so you need to understand the strengths and weaknesses of the team uh, with you know it's harder to build a single product 100 million dollar business then you know like it, it's fairly comparatively easy to build like a 20 30 million dollar businesses that is also another reason why we went into multi product we also have playbooks of you know like scaling uh, uh, building a pro, uh, building products uh, at that level so that gives a kind of uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why we went into multi-product and uh, 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 into the company. And the second is you know, frugality mindset. Like one of the examples I want to give you is still I approve a lot of invoices. Okay, there are, you know, like it goes through workflow, the people uh, put through everything, but the final approval, the money that going out of the bank is actually, you know, like uh, I, I, I control it. I, I won't control it in the sense like, you know, I have visibility. It's very important to have that, uh, uh, have that visibility, like, uh, that, that keeps you, you know, like, uh, 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 having, a, having a transparency of, you know, like, knowing how much money is going where. It helps you to be, you know, be frugal and understanding. So recently I watched a master class from Richard Branson and he, he, he mentions exactly the same thing. Like, you know, he used to uh, maintain that uh, approving invoices, you know, he recommends, you know, to, to keep it as long as possible. And the executive reporting is another big challenge, right? Like, how do you get, uh, how do you know what your team are, are doing? Like, you know, like, uh, uh, you need to get some level of reporting. We tried various formats over the years. And what's working great at the moment is, you know, at the, at the beginning of each month, uh, following month, our executive team need to give a document. It's a two-page document. It's a precisely, you know, they need to cover it within two pages, two A4 pages. The first page is all about their personal achievements and what did they do uh, that month. It's more about I rather than a we because when you have an executive team and when you have like 30, 40 people reporting to them, it's easy to come and say like you know they did this, they did that, and it's all more of a team update. So it's important you know like uh, your executive team understands where they are spending their time, and also it's good like you know I personally write my own uh, executive report. I tell the the entire team like you know like. uh, what did, uh, what did I do last month? You know, These are the bunch of activities I did. Uh, uh, you know, like that helps understand everybody. So the executive reporting is, uh, is basically a two-page document. The first page is all about the personal thing and the second page is all about what did they achieve as a team. And that helps uh, significantly. And the final point I want to convey is a risk register. I don't know like how many of you are aware of a risk register. As a company, there will always be a bunch of uh, risk dependency risks, right? Like uh, being a founder. Uh, there are a lot, always some, you know, 5 or 10 items that depends on, uh, uh, dependent on you. Without you, it will fail. It's good to ma- maintain a register so that, you know, that you, at least the team knows what are the dependencies and if something happens, uh, what could be done. Like, uh, for example, the SVB case is a really good example. Like five, six years ago, we used to have, like, uh, banking in a single bank, uh, which, which is registered on a risk register. Because, you know, like, it's a big risk. And you start listing all those items what you think as a risks in your business, and you try to uh, address it over a, over a period of time. So that's a, it's impossible to eliminate all the risk, but at least you know you can mitig- minimize and mitigate your risks uh, if you document it uh, correctly. So this is uh, just a slide showing that uh, the executive reporting, the personal level, and then then and then the team level. So just uh, you know covered as I said, you know I just covered. Uh, uh, as a CEO, like uh, how your, how your day, uh, how days or weeks are uh, structured, what do you do on a personal level, what do you do at the team level, and what do you do at the, at the, at the company level. So these are our products. So we got four products in our company. So the first product, Bistock 360, is very specific. I don't think it will be a- appropriate for this audience. It's more of an enterprise integration space. And the second product, serverless 360, is a more of a management monitoring tool for uh, Microsoft Azure. And document 360, churn 360 are the two products where we are focusing on. Uh, document 360 is a self-service knowledge base. You can think of, like, uh, if, if you take Stripe as an example, right, is a, is for Stripe to have a old-class documentation is very critical and they might be having 50 to 100 people working on that platform to produce the documentation. And with Document360, we provide the platform, so you don't, you know, you don't need to focus on the the platform itself, and rather you can f- focus on the content. So, for example, our Table, uh, for a lot of you know, like uh, their their documentation is running on uh, Document360 uh, because they have 20, 30 people writing documentation, and their challenges are completely different, right? So they need a workflow. They need to have uh, some kind of uh, 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 a lot of analytics to understand how their uh, platform is performing and also at the millions of hits per day kind of a scalability and churn 360 is a customer success product it's you know today everybody we are on subscription business retention and churn are the two important things and we got a product which which uh, covers this this part. I think that's all I have for today I hope uh, some of the tips I have shared uh, could be useful for you uh, thank you thank you very much Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.